0: Good morning. So glad that you guys are here. Um, welcome. Um, this is the second week in our Advent series, and I just want to encourage you guys because this is something um, my family does during the holidays: is we practice a, the tradition of Advent. So not the calendar where you tear open the door and you get a piece of chocolate, but um, kind of the old church tradition of like in the evenings we gather together and we have a devotional. And that devotional, we have it where it centers around a, a wreath with candles. You don't have to do that, but um, we use the same book that I grew up using with my parents. It's this little green devotional that has a passage of scripture and a thought for each day. And you don't have to do it that way. There's loads of other materials out there, but if that's something that you'd like to start in your family, uh, just let me know, and I'll make sure you get a copy of that book. But it's a good way to just kind of end the day um, together. Um, this is series that we're talking about, what um, what is it all about, God with us? We're talking specifically about the, uh, the incarnation, and that's the theological term for the fact that God came and he dwelt among humanity, that the creator of the universe became part of the creation um, and, uh, and had a mission in that specifically. So the launching point for this series is uh, the Bible verse. We're going to read it from Matthews one23 We're going to talk about it more in a couple weeks, but we read, "...the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son." And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so we're looking specifically in this series at what does it mean or what does it look like that God is with us? And we're looking at specific areas. Last week we looked at what does it look like that God is with us in the valley? And we kind of hinged everything on this truth that while we may enjoy God on the mountaintop, we really get to know him intimately in the valleys of our life in those low times and that god is taking us through those valleys that he's going to be there carrying us uh, to the end this week we're going to talk about god in the wilderness next week we got god in the storm and then the final uh, week before christmas day um, it's going to be god in the waiting Um, just so that you guys have a heads up our christmas uh, service is going to be an online devotional service so we won't be up here super early on christmas morning but you guys can look forward to that, so today, God in the wilderness. Um, we probably need to make a distinction, because I know there's many guys in this room, and maybe some girls too, that enjoy getting away, right? Like your your idea of a vacation is to go out into the wilderness, and the farther away from civilization, the better. Something about no electricity, no running water. Using the bathroom in a hole in the ground just makes you feel like you're really getting away from the responsibilities of life. That's not the wilderness that we're talking about today. The wilderness that we're talking about today is much uh, more like the wilderness that the Israelites experienced when they left Egypt, right? So they're running away, they're going to their promised land. Their lack of faith means that God turns them back around and they wander in the wilderness. And so it's a dry place, it's arid. Um, There's no life, and it goes on forever. That's what makes it different than a valley, right? The valley you're being carried through, the wilderness just seems to drag on and on and on. For the Israelites, that was 40 years that they wandered in the wilderness, an entire generation. So the wilderness is a barren place, a dry place, a a desolate place where you feel alone. It's the wandering that we have through life. You're wondering, when in the world is this going to be over? Right? Um, when am I going to get out of this wilderness? Some of you right now might find yourself in that kind of in that kind of space. Um, maybe it's a wilderness of your job and you don't know, should I be looking for a different job? Why am I being passed up for promotion? Should I ask for a raise? Should I uh, look at change in career? Just don't know, what, what should I do? Why am I just feel like I'm wandering through this job? Maybe as a parent, you're at that stage in life where the kids seem to take shifts on being up, and you've had more sleepless nights than you can remember because your memory decreases as you lose sleep, and you're like, when is this? going to be over. Maybe you have a home situation. Maybe you're renting. Should I buy? The market's all weird. Maybe you own and you think, should I be selling and just wandering and wondering, God, what what, am, what should I be doing? You feel alone. You feel lost. You feel disoriented. You're just wandering. So what I want to do today is to show you guys kind of this truth, and hopefully it becomes more than just Um, A head truth becomes a heart truth as we look at our wandering in the wilderness. And that truth is that your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. That need that you have for some kind of resolution, for some kind of end to the wilderness becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. So we're going to be looking at the story of Elijah. And his story is long, and you can find a lot of it, most of it, in 1 Kings. But today we're going to specifically look at his interactions with uh, King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. So they were the rulers at the time. Um, King Ahab was a terrible king. He married uh, a a non-Jewish queen who brought idols in. So they were worshiping all these idols. Uh, Elijah had a lot to say about how evil this king was because he was a prophet and that's what prophets did they brought the message from god to the people um and some crazy things had happened in elijah's life he'd been fed whenever he was hungry and there was a uh, a famine that he had foretold uh, he was fed by like ravens they would bring him food so weird stuff like that he saw people come back from the dead he saw uh, food being multiplied um, but the coolest thing probably is what happened on top of Mount Carmel. So he had been talking a lot, Elijah had been talking a lot of smack about the idol, idolatry in, in Israel, and specifically this idol called Baal. And Baal's priests had set up shop in the nation of Israel, and Israel was worshiping uh, this foreign God. And you might remember this if you were involved in Sunday school. You go back in the day and you remember that. Elijah kind of threw down the gauntlet and said, all right, let's 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 see whose God shows up. Y'all build an altar, I'll build an altar. Whichever God shows up, that's going to be the true God. And the prophets of Baal, no matter what they did, Baal didn't show up. I wonder why. Um, it said they were even like cutting themselves and like wailing and Elijah's making fun of them the whole time. It's a really fun story to read in 1 Kings 17, 18. And then when it's all said and done, Elijah's like, all right, Pour tons of water on it. Let's get this thing soaking wet. Praise to God. God sends fire down from heaven, lights the fire uh, in the altar. It emboldens the Israelite people so much that they, they go and tear down all the idols of Baal and, and kill all the, the priests of Baal. It's a huge moment on top of Mount Carmel for Elijah. I mean, not only that the people are returning to God, but how validating that God meets you in your need and provides that kind of affirmation that you are the prophet of God. Um, Queen Jezebel didn't like that that happened. (laughs) She's the one who brought those idols in in the first place. And so um, she puts a hit out on Elijah. She's like, by the end of the day, that dude's dead. And so Elijah, after this mountaintop experience, Runs for his life, which is like, well, come on, Elijah! You just saw fire come down from heaven, but he runs, um, probably because the threat was made by a woman, and men know that mean, that's serious business <laughs> when the threat's made by, by a lady. And so he he runs away very very far, right? Like hundreds of miles. He leaves his servant. He wanders a day into the wilderness. And that's where we pick up in 1 Kings nineteen four. It says, while he himself went a day into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush. He sits down under this broom bush to pray that he might die. And we see him say, I, I have an, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. He says the words that so many of us find ourselves saying when we're stuck in that wilderness. I've had enough. Enough! I can't take another day at this job. I can't take another comment from this person. I can't take another moment of ingratitude from my children. I just can't take it anymore. I'm sure many people in this room are at that place right now in life. I just can't take it anymore. We need to understand that your deepest need... Your deepest need becomes a gift if that need drives you to depend on God. What's interesting here is that um, the wilderness or where Elijah finds himself isn't dependent on what had happened in his past. Like he was quick to forget all the things that God had done, because the wilderness is a dry and desolate place, right? You're just there. All of your energy is there in the wilderness. All of your thinking capacity is there in the wilderness. And you're just wondering and wondering, when is this going to, to end? God knew exactly what Elijah needed. Even though he'd just been on the top of the mountain of the Lord, um, God knew exactly what he needed. And so what he did was he provided food for Elijah again, which is crazy. Elijah just has like a door dash with God. Um, and not just once, but like in this passage, like, oh, and God showed up again and gave him some more food. And it was because he needed to take a trip, and that trip was gonna be a 40 day trip into the into the wilderness to meet with God on the mountain of the Lord. We pick it up in first Kings 19, uh, verse 9. It says, There he went into a cave. So after he's wandered into the into the wilderness and reached the the Mount Horeb, that was the mountain of God. Um He went into a cave and spent the night and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Don't you remember everything that's happened up to this point? And Elijah immediately uh, starts whining. He says, I uh, have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty, and the Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore, tore down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. What just happened, Elijah? How did you lose heart? And it's because he found himself in that wilderness, in that wandering. Now, He's hurting, he's in great need, he can't see beyond the situation that he's in, and, um, and he's saying nobody understands what's going on in my life, nobody. Like My life is the toughest, nobody can help, because they're all dead, or they're all whining, or they're all trying to kill me, and God meets him in that moment He meets him in his moment of deepest need. God ministers to him in a way that we're gonna look at here in just a second. But to reiterate that truth, that our deepest desire, our deepest need becomes a gift if it drives us to depend on God. And so the the Lord says in 19 verse 11, let's see if I have that. Do I have that? The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. So that's what he does. He steps out of this cave into the mountain, and something remarkable happens. There is a wind. A mighty wind rushes through this valley or this canyon, and it's such a mighty wind that it that it rocks, it breaks the rocks, and they fall. And and obviously, God's going to be in the wind. In fact, He had already showed up in the wind, right? When the when the Israelites were running from Pharaoh out of Egypt, and they found themselves stuck at the Dead Sea, um, God sent a wind to part the waters. But even though Elijah probably needed some salvation, he didn't find God in that wind. Then, God sent fire. Sorry, an earthquake an earthquake that rocked the canyon. And in fact, in the Old Testament, God had showed up multiple times in an earthquake as judgment, and Elijah had talked all about God judging these people of Israel. It would be awesome if God showed up for Elijah in an earthquake, but that's not, that's not where God showed up. And then, I spoiled it, God sent fire through the canyon, and God has shown up in fire multiple times in the Old Testament. One in particular is in the burning bush man, it would be nice for Elijah to receive a new calling from God, a new purpose. It says God wasn't in the fire. And then there came a gentle whisper. Your deepest need becomes a gift if it drives you to depend on God. Why did God show up in the whisper? Man, Elijah really could have used some wind to save him from the situation he was in. He really could have used an earthquake to judge these backslidden people of Israel. He really could have used a fire of renewed calling, but God showed up in the whisper. Why is it when life gets tough and we're in the wandering, why is God speaking in such a gentle voice? Why does, in our confusion and our frustration, why does he whisper? I think he's whispering because he's close, he's right there with us. The world is yelling, your situation is confusing, but God is right there with you, whispering his truth. You've got this, I'll be with you always. He could have slapped some sense into Elijah. What do you think you're doing? Uh, But that's not what he did, right? He could have reminded Elijah of everything that he had done. Man, every time you needed me, I was there, but that's not what he did. He whispered. We read about this in Psalms. King David writes in in Psalms 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens on the mountaintop, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Oh, sorry. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle, yeah, that's right, on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Now, for Elijah's story, right after this, he had a turnaround. God told him to go anoint a new king of both Syria and Israel, that he was gonna bring judgment on the people through these two kings, and specifically through Elijah's successor, Elisha. Elijah really had a turnaround in that moment, but that turnaround was nothing when compared to the fact that God was with him in that wilderness, and was able to get his attention with a gentle whisper. So when we find ourselves in that wilderness, in that wandering, in that struggle, like Elijah, when we can't feel the presence of God, we can thank him that he's close. It's not his fault that we can't feel his presence. He's ready to whisper that truth into your life. We also read in Psalms that God inhabits the praises of his people. And so I just wanna encourage you guys If you're wandering through that wilderness and you want to hear God's voice, just take a moment and thank Him. Thank Him that He's close. And thank Him that He's not just close, but that He had a desire to be closer, to come and live with us so that we could live with Him. We can still sing His praises. We can still thank Him in the middle of our wilderness for what He's doing in our life, what He's going to do. Because... Your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. God loves you guys so much, He loves me so much that He came to suffer so that we can spend eternity with Him. It's good because He's with us, God's with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank You so much for the gift of Your Son born in a manger the creator and sustainer, come to provide a way. And Father, we know that in the wilderness, when things get tough, when we're wandering and lost and feel alone, that you are one whisper away. And so we're gonna choose to thank you and praise you and meet with you even in the wilderness. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys stand up, let's sing together.